0: Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. Welcome this morning to First Orlando on the first of summer. As we talk about the Holy Spirit, man, I've been looking so forward to this. I don't know where you grew up or what you grew up with. But I can tell you there's so many misunderstandings with the Holy Spirit. But I think one of the things that is the most tragic is there's no understanding at all. And my desire and my goal is the Spirit of God would move here. This summer, as we gather together, I can just tell you something. If anything good happens in your life, if anything good happens in this place, I can promise you it is because of the Holy Spirit. And so we welcome Him today. We invite Him. Come. For those of you on the stream, it's so good to have you. And no matter where you are, I know summer's a busy time and you're traveling or whatever, but thank you for taking the time to join us. And, And my prayer is you will realize that, hey, yes, the Holy Spirit is here, but He's with you wherever you are. And so I pray you welcome him. Some of you forgot that he rode with you this morning. He did. You scared him to death, but he was with you. <laughs> he is with us. And there's going to be some truths that come out of this. I just want you to get them and hang on to them. And here's the first thing that people often think. Man, I'm so glad we're talking about the Holy Spirit because he came at Pentecost. No. No. He's been here all along. He was here in the beginning. He might have made an appearance at Pentecost that was maybe bigger or beyond anything that had happened before. But I promise you, if you want to know when did the Holy Spirit first show up, I'll read you the opening page of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form it was void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of god was hovering over the face of the waters so you mean to tell me he was there at creation you bet he was the one hovering over the chaos now don't have a long time to talk about that. That's an interesting phrase. Why was there chaos? What, what happened? Many believe that's when the angels fell. Whenever there was the rebellion of the angels against God, there was a war, cosmic war. And the result was chaos. And so perhaps it's referring to that. Perhaps it's referring just to the initial stages of creation. We don't know. But I can tell you this. There's chaos in our world. There's chaos in your family. There's chaos in our homes and in our lives. And I can tell you one who will hover over it and make the most beautiful something out of nothing. Am I right? The Holy Spirit can change everything from a chaos to the creation that we know today, from a mess in your life to something absolutely beautiful. The Holy Spirit is a person, He's not a thing. And I guess early on I got tripped up by the old King James Holy Ghost. He's not a ghost. It was just a word that seemed to convey what what was wanting to be conveyed, evidently, by that team of translators. He's a person, he is a part of the Trinity, and the Trinity is simply God, three in one God the Father. God the Son who walked among us and God the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Now, we can talk about the Trinity later because it'll strain your brain. I just don't think we need to do that right now. It is one of the most incredible, beautiful teachings of Scripture. But just know the Holy Spirit is God, but he is with us. Now, not only is he not a, per- a thing he's a person, you don't have to be afraid of him. I grew up in a church. (laughs) There was a little fear, okay? Let me tell you how bad it was. This back in the day. Did you ever have a church where you used overhead projectors? You know the overhead projector where you put the words up on the screen? I think our church believed that if that projector comes in that's when something's going to happen. It gets scary when the Holy Spirit moves because he's going to work through that projector. Well, there was nothing like that. There were those, we had terms for them that really believed in the Spirit. And man, I mean, they were just all over the place. I mean, they were jumping pews. They were throwing babies in the air, carving their initials in the back of the seat. I mean, they were just going crazy. So we had a fear, are they going to come? Are they going to take over? But some of us, longed for something more. Some of us long for that moving of the Spirit that we read about in the Bible. And so whichever way you grew up, or maybe you grew up not even hearing the word Spirit, you didn't even know anything about the Holy Spirit. I just want us to know Him. And more than that, I want Him to move and change our life and literally turn us upside down. So, let me just tell you, if you have a question, here's what we're going to do this summer. All summer, we're going to be talking about this. Different aspects, obviously. I want you to ask me a question about the Holy Spirit. And here's how you're going to do it. You know that number that gets you in heaven? (laughs) 40777? I want you to text the word Spirit. And then you'll get a chance to ask the question and I'll get those questions. I'm going to start answering questions next weekend because there's a lot of questions out there. There's a lot of people that, and and all of us, I mean, my goodness, there's a mystery to this. And I want to hear what is it that you're struggling with? What is it that you've heard that you can't reconcile or that it doesn't make sense? Let's try together to take this journey and say, God, we're not afraid of your spirit. We just want to know the truth because the truth will set us what? Free. And that's what I pray happens in these places. Now, the Holy Spirit is a part of a story started in creation. When Adam and Eve sinned, it broke relationship with God. It broke everything. Everything was messed up. And the Holy Spirit has a part in the restoration of that relationship in fact i'll go ahead and drop this you can't even be saved without the holy spirit you can't call upon the lord and the lord come and change your life without the holy spirit being involved so he is a part of the story he's a part of your story even though you might not ever understood exactly what he was doing he is a part in the old testament the phrase holy spirit doesn't occur a lot it's only three times And yet, in the New Testament, it's over 250 times. So, you know something happened when Jesus shows up. Something happened. It wasn't like the Holy Spirit all of a sudden came into existence. Nope, he's always been, but something happened. So, here's a statement that we need to grab hold of and hang on to. The Holy Spirit has always worked in the lives of God's people to accomplish God's will and purpose he's always been there working in the lives of god's people to accomplish god's will and purpose now i want you to remember that in the old testament you see evidence of the spirit Do you know who the first person in the old testament that the that it actually says was filled with the spirit now we know the spirit came upon a lot of people in the old testament but you know who the first person was that was filled with the Spirit? You want to guess? Put your guess in the chat. Say it. Who do you think it was? I heard a name back in the back. Enoch. Nope. Did you say Matthew? Were you talking about this Matthew or another Matthew? It wasn't Moses. Nope. Now, these were all driven by the Spirit, and the Spirit used them. But there is a phrase filled with the Spirit that occurs first time. Are you ready for this? A construction worker. Anybody in here in construction? Raise your hand. God bless you. You may be the most Spirit-filled in the room. (laughs) Seriously. Seriously. Don't tell me Jesus doesn't show up at a construction site. I know we have a bad reputation. I say we because i built houses for a while. I know we have a bad reputation. But the first man that God filled with his spirit was, you know his name? Bezalel. Bezalel, Exodus 35. Bezalel. You know what he was building? The tabernacle. And that's going to come into play, just a second, the tabernacle. And he was the one building the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant, the most sacred piece of furniture ever built. And the Bible says God filled him with his spirit. So we we see early on that God came upon people, and in that case, filled someone. Like Samson, he came upon Samson. That's where his strength came from, remember? When he was obedient. I used to think the secret of his uh, strength was his long hair. In fact, I made that argument to my dad many times. And I grew it out, and um, it didn't work. So he said, okay, there you go. It wasn't his hair. It wasn't his hair. You know what it was? Obedience. So when Samson was obedient, God gave him incredible strength. That was the spirit resting on Samson. David, King David, when he was chosen by the prophet, I mean, my goodness, there was an anointing that happened with Samuel and and there's this moment where the Spirit of God comes on him. So you see that all the way through. But something really interesting happens with Moses that I've, frankly, it's, it's a story you'd probably never hear, but I want I to tell you the story. You can just write the reference down or make a note. No, numbers 11. Numbers 11. Numbers' not a book we typically spend a lot of time in, but numbers 11. Moses has the children of israel they're out in the wilderness he's about to jump off the mountain because they're driving him crazy they're complaining about everything they have no food they have no this they have no that they've seen the most incredible miracle in the world that is they cross the red sea they watch god destroy the egyptians but that's not enough for them they're just stubborn and he says god i don't know what i'm gonna do with him god says i want you to call out the elders i want you to take the leaders Seventy elders, I want you to go to the tent of meeting. What is that? That's the tabernacle. Go to the tabernacle. And he gets them to the tabernacle, and it says the Spirit of God fell on those 70. Well, you know the point of that. God's going to give Moses help, and he's about to have the Spirit rest on some leaders that then can lead some of the stubborn people. Two of the guys who were supposed to be there weren't there. And it's this crazy story. They weren't there. They were somewhere else, maybe back in there where they lived. And the Spirit fell on them too. So it wasn't just the place. The Spirit fell on them. And they started prophesying. In fact, the Bible says that all 70 started prophesying. Now, prophesying, when you see it in Scripture, the most common use of the word prophesy means to speak the truth of the Lord. It means to tell the things of God. It doesn't mean to predict what's going to happen in 2037. It's to speak the word of God, the truth of God. These guys started speaking it. Well, Joshua, who was the servant of Moses, thought this isn't right because they weren't there. And he said, Moses, do we need to shut them down? (laughs) I want you to listen to what Moses said to him. What a reply. He looked at Joshua, he said, are are you jealous for my sake? I would that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit on them all. Now that's Moses. That's a long way before Pentecost. And Moses said one day, God's going to put his spirit on everybody. And so you watch that unfold. That was God's plan. That's what he wanted all along. So, yes, he rested upon certain people, and then he rested in two places. His spirit dwelt in two places. One was the tabernacle, and one was the temple. The tabernacle was kind of the forerunner of the temple. And in both of those places, you didn't mess around. God's presence was there, and you knew it was there. In fact, remember the Ark of the Covenant that that held those sacred things to remind them of God's presence? Remember, they couldn't even touch it. If you touch it, you're gone. And it started to fall off one time, and guys went to catch it, and they caught it, and they were gone. In other words, don't mess with God. Don't mess with his presence. So the people saw the temple and the tabernacle. Well, that's where you go to meet God. Can I just tell you that was not God's plan? But it was in preparation for God's plan. Now watch this. The temple is the holy place they go to the temple they worship in the temple and they worship the temple unfortunately and then all of a sudden God allows a pagan people called the Babylonians to come and destroy the temple destroy it well now what are you gonna do with God that's the place where you're supposed to meet him and God got taken to Babylon he's not here anymore And it just messed with their mind. They couldn't understand it, but God was showing them something because he raised up a prophet named Ezekiel. And this is what Ezekiel said, because Ezekiel had to prophesy during those days. This is what Ezekiel said. The Lord said, I will put my spirit within you and I will cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey. In other words, Ezekiel said, hey guys, it's not about a place. It's about you. And he's going to put his spirit in us one day. And then another prophet comes along, Joel. And this, is, this is one of my favorite prophecies. And Joel said, it'll come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit. Now, this is the Lord talking. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Let me say that again. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Thank you, Lord, I get the dream. And your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. In other words, Joel said, one day it's coming. And God's going to visit us. And he's going to pour out his spirit. And every, all people, all flesh have access and can be restored to their creator. Now, that was a prophecy. So when did it happen? Well, 50 days from Passover was a feast called Pentecost. And every Jew knew what Pentecost was about. It was about celebrating the harvest, celebrating what God had done. And so they would honor it. And it was known as Pentecost, just built on the word 50. Except on this Pentecost. By the way, do you know what day is Pentecost in 2022? Welcome to Pentecost Sunday. This is it. We're here. 2,000 years later. And we're talking about what happened on that day. And on that day, God fulfilled the vision that he gave Joel. He fulfilled the promise that he gave Ezekiel. He fulfilled what Moses said, I long for the day when everybody can have the presence and the Spirit of God on them. And this is how it happened. I want you to open your Bible to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, they were gathered in an upper room. They were waiting for this moment. There were 120 of the followers left. And Jesus had already said, it's coming, I'm going to give you power, and then you're going to be my witnesses, but you just hang out until that moment happens, and they had been together in one accord, in unity, praying, and then all of a sudden, chapter 2 happens. Now, I want to, I want to show you a picture to prepare you for the reading of these verses. They start off in a room, maybe the upper room. By that, I mean the room, literally, some think it might have been even the room where Jesus broke bread with his disciples. Some believe it, and that could have been the room that was owned by Mark, that wrote the gospel of Mark, his mom and dad. Okay, so we we don't know for sure where the room was, but they were in a room. And so what we're going to start reading happens in a room. But then all of a sudden, it, it looks like they're outside. They are. They're on the southern steps of the temple. The southern steps of the temple Is where all the teaching would take place. Why? Because that's where everybody would come up to the temple. And I want to show you a picture of the Southern Steps. This is a trip that um, I'm not sure. It wasn't this year, but I think it was like two years ago when we took a group. And so we're seated there. and, And I just wanted to kind of give you a perspective of how big these steps and these stones. And by the way, the stones that we're sitting on, they were there when Jesus was there. They were there when Pentecost happened. Now watch this picture. This is a, a bigger picture. You know, I feel like I ought to be saying there's a front coming out of the Gulf and disturbance that'll be coming. <laughs> it just, I just feel like a weatherman in this moment. I'm sorry. Let me get over that moment. Um, so look at this. There's the southern wall. You see these arches that have been filled in? We believe that's where every Jew going to the temple would have come through. So naturally, where do you gather when you've got something to announce or something to proclaim? <laughs> you gather on those steps somewhere. Those Psalms of ascent that the Psalms are written in, in our Psalms, they're sung walking up those steps. So I believe that, that Peter was out here. I believe that 120 were out here, and I believe the masses gathered out here and right here is where this happens. So I'm reading from a book that I've talked to people about, and they've said, I don't believe it happened. I don't believe it happened. Well, I'll tell you what's cool about this book. There are things that happen in this book. We can take you to the spot it happened. And that's the spot. This is what happened. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, there came from heaven a sound like mu- mighty rushing wind. Now, I'm going to pause a few places because this is the manifestation of the Spirit in, this, in this, this episode. It sounded like wind, it doesn't say there was wind. Okay, so some people think, well, the sound of the Spirit is wind. No, it sounded like wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as of fire. (laughs) We didn't have fire on people's heads. It looked like fire. It was as fire. And it was divided, and it rested on each of them, the 120. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. All right, so that 120 experienced this unbelievable outpouring. And they began to speak in other tongues. And so the question always comes up, well, well, then, so one of the first signs of the Holy Spirit is that you speak in tongues. If you need to. But not the tongues you're thinking. You see, everybody reads this and thinks that's the tongues that, like a worship language like in a church gathering and somebody stands up and starts babbling something and and we don't know what they're saying but there's an interpreter who says it it's a different tongue let me say it again acts 2 known languages 1st corinthians 14 a praise language let me say it again acts 2 a known language 1st corinthians 14 paul's churches praise language and the reason I know that two things the word to choose but also the context there were people gathered there from all over the world so let's read on to see who was there and why God gave the gift of tongues in this moment now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews devout men from every nation under heaven and at the sound of The multitude came together, and they were bewildered. Now, where are they bewildered? Right there. Because the upper room was probably just up to the left. So now they're all standing, they're gathered, and they're hearing something, and it's in their own language. So watch what happens. They're bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language, and they were amazed and astonished, and they said, aren't these guys Galileans? How is it that we, each of us, in his own native language, you're hearing them. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Hamphilia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to the Cyrene, visitors from Rome. I'm just glad I got all the countries right in that one. Both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocking, saying they were filled with new wine. In other words, they're just drunk. No, they weren't. It wasn't wine. It was God. And if it's new wine, it's the new wine Jesus said would come one day and burst those old wine skins apart. Because the Spirit had come. So, Those are the manifestations. Now, let me tell you what I believe about Pentecost. Give you a couple of quotes. J.O. Sanders is an incredible New Testament scholar, in my opinion. He said Pentecost is second only to Calvary in importance for the Christian. Pentecost is the complement of Calvary. Pentecost made available to men all that Calvary made possible. So, in other words, the Holy Spirit gives access to everything Jesus did for us. And then Francis Chan, if you ever read Chan, you got to read his book, Forgotten God, because he's wrote a book about the Holy Spirit entitled it Forgotten God, which I thought is a great way to title it. This is what Chan said. From my perspective, the Holy Spirit is tragically neglected and for all practical purposes forgotten. While no evangelical would deny his existence, I'm willing to bet there are millions of church girls across America who cannot confidently say they have experienced his presence or action in their lives over the past year. And many of them do not believe that they can. I wonder how many in this room would say, I, I've never had something happen that I knew was the Holy Spirit. Something's about to change. And my prayer is there will be an unmistakable event in your life, moment in your life, and you remember, and you go, you wanna, that's the Lord. That's the Lord. So, in this moment, the Spirit falls. They go outside. They're standing on those steps. And Peter answers their question. Their question was, What does this mean? And Peter steps up and says, I'll tell you what it means. And he begins to preach a message. And basically, as he's preaching, that 120, 119 of them are in the crowd. So I always like to uh, to deal with this question. So when he was speaking, was the gift of tongues, was it that they heard in their own tongue? Or was it that somebody was actually speaking in their own tongue? In other words, was it the 120 actually speaking those languages? Or was it those people just heard in their own language? Yes. Because I can tell you how many got saved. 3,000. Do the math. There are 120 people. Let me tell you, God's got ways of getting the gospel to every person. And that moment was one of the most incredible moments. So can I just tell you, the Acts version of tongues is a known language to tell the world about Jesus. I've been on mission trips. First time I went to Brazil on the plane, I said, Lord, if you're ever going to give me the gift of tongues, if you're ever going to do that again, Lord, With no languages, it'd be a great time right now because no no follow Portuguese. And you know what? The Lord answered. He said, Rosetta Stone. So that's exactly what I heard him say. I've asked for help in moments. But you know what I've learned? I've been in places where I was talking to somebody in English and I was waiting on the interpreter. They understood what I said in English. And they didn't know English. It happens here. Can I just tell you the Holy Spirit's work on that day is repeated every day in history. You know why? Two things. Peter said the reason this happened today, number one, is to let you know the last days are here. The Spirit has been poured out. The prophecy of Joel is fulfilled, and God is up to something big. And now the men and the women and the old men and the young They're all going to experience something, and they will never be the same. So he said, this is it. Joel talked about it. This is it. The second thing, remember what I said? The Holy Spirit has always been helping the people of God accomplish the purpose of God. Simon Peter stood and said, and this is so that we could tell you the greatest story we've ever heard. And in verse 21 of that chapter, Simon Peter's the one that says, And whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So basically, he was saying the reason this happened is so the good news of Jesus could be shared with the world. And that's exactly what they did. So for us, what does Pentecost mean for us today? Right here. Number one, God is with us. God is with us. He's with us every day to accomplish His plan for our life. He's with us. You don't have to go somewhere to find Him. I grew up thinking He lived at church. Anybody grew up thinking He was at the church? Yeah, I know you did, because you were scared to go in there when the lights were off. Man, I've had people tell me, I don't want to go in there. Why? Well, I don't know. The Lord's in there. Well, Yeah, he's in there, but he's right here. What are you afraid of? But I just knew. I mean, as a kid, I just knew I heard noises in there. And my dad was a pastor. I mean, I'm swimming in baptistries and looking out in a dark room just thinking God's here somewhere. I know he's watching. He doesn't live here. Can I just tell you, he does not live here. He rode to church with you today. He lives where you live, because here's the truth of God's word. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't need a building made by hands. He has a building he made. He created you. You are his temple. So the first truth today is just wake up to this. He is with you. How about every morning when you get up, say, Holy Spirit, I'm so glad you're here. Do that. Let me just challenge. Do it for a week. Holy Spirit, I'm so glad you're here. You're going to be with me today. And you're going to be in me today. So you know when I want to say what I shouldn't say to that co-worker? Uh, Holy Spirit, I'm going to need you there. Help me. And I promise you he will help you because he's with you every moment. When you drive. If you drive to work or you drive, don't put anything. If you're by yourself, now you've got your family, you can't do this. But if, you, if you're by yourself, don't put anything in the passenger seat. Save that for the Holy Spirit riding with you. Talk to him. I know you got something to talk about. Did you see what that driver did? Did you see that car? I mean, there's all kinds of things to talk about. Remember what he did in creation. He made something beautiful out of chaos, why don't we just ask him to do it today? So he's with us every day. Second truth, the mission of the church is still tell the good news of Jesus. Spread the good news of Jesus. If somebody asks me, David, what's the sign, what's the sign the Holy Spirit has come to a church? What's the sign the Holy Spirit has come into somebody's life? I know they're waiting for tongues, miracles, nope. If I'm following biblical evidence, the first thing that indicates the Holy Spirit has come, they are talking about Jesus. That's the first thing that happens. That's the evidence of the Spirit on that day. It ought to be the evidence of the Spirit today. Because let me tell you a story. In Genesis 11, mankind got together. They thought, we're going to build a tower. And they started building this tower, and it started getting bigger and bigger and bigger and higher and higher and higher. Because they wanted, according to the scripture, man wanted to make a name for himself. In fact, this text says, they got together and said, let us make a name for ourselves. Let's build a tower. Well, God was watching. And he said, this is not right. This is not good. Man's building a tower to himself. So you think it's hard to get the county to get a permit for you? You think it's hard to get the city of Orlando? Try going up against God. God came and shut the building project down. Just like that. Quicker than a gopher tortoise showing up on a prize. I mean, in a second, boom. What do he do? He confused the languages. That's why it's called the Tower of Babel. He confused the languages. All of a sudden, they couldn't understand one another. I mean, how you can't work with people you can't talk to and you can't communicate with. So what they do? They, they were scattered all over the earth. But on this day, on this day what happened God reversed it he brought people from all over the earth with all kinds of languages and he brought them back to one place and he brought all the languages together so that everybody could understand the same thing and what was it it wasn't a tower about man it was a savior named Jesus There is only one name above every name, and it's not our name. Quit building towers to ourselves and start lifting up Jesus. He is the name above every name. That's what the Spirit does. That's the work of the Spirit. So this morning, I want you to bow with me. Do you know He's with you right now? Just, Just let that kind of simmer. He's with you. And are you willing to let him empower you and use you to show the world Jesus? And I just want you to offer yourself for that. And if there's anyone on this stream and anyone in here that's never come to faith, you've never put your faith in Christ. Right now, I want you to say, Jesus, I I need you. And I'm turning from myself and my sin and my life is messed up and I've done so many things wrong. Lord, I repent from that and I am trusting you. I'm turning to you. I need you every day. If you've already done that, I I want you to just say, Jesus, I I need to live every day knowing you're there. I need to be aware. So forgive me for taking you for granted. Lord, thank you for what the Holy Spirit means to us. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being in our life every day. So I pray in these moments and these days ahead, everything changes. Everything changes. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.